Section 1 of A Second Rubaiyat Miscellany This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For further information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Algie Pug Section 1 Omar Khayyam or Khayyun From Phrases Magazine, Volume 21 April 1840. Specimens of Persian Poetry. By Louisa Costello. One of the most remarkable of Persian poets, unprecedented in regard to the freedom of his religious opinions. The Voltaire of Persia, whose works gave great offence to the priests, but are, nevertheless, highly esteemed by general readers, apparently with justice, as the animation and brilliancy of his style are unquestionable. His hatred of hypocrisy and the tricks of false devotees appears his crime in the eyes of the supposed pious. His tolerance of other creeds was looked upon with equal suspicion and dislike. He was born at Nishapur and devoted much of his time to the study of astronomy, of which science he was a distinguished professor. But it is said that, instead of his studies leading him to the acknowledgement of the Supreme Being, they prompted his disbelief. The result of his reflections on this important subject is given in a poem of his, much celebrated under the title of Rubaiyat Omar Khayyam. He was the friend of Hassan Sabah, the founder of the sect of the Assassins, and it has been conjectured, assisted him in the establishment of his diabolical doctrine and fellowship. Some allowance must, however, be made for the prejudices of his historians, who would, of course, neglect nothing calculated to cast odium on one so inimical to their superstitions. Omar Khayyam seems particularly to direct his satire against the mysticism of Moasi, the most exalted poet of his time, though inferior in his extraordinary and incomprehensible style to the later followers of the same school, Attar and the great Mullah. However reprehensible his mockery would be, if really directed against religion in general, it scarcely deserves the severity it met with when we consider that it was the abuses he attacked and the absurdities he ridiculed, and, as for the incongruities introduced into his poems, and his professed love of pleasure, he is only following, or rather pointing out as absurd, the contradictions of the mystic poets, which are difficult enough to reconcile to the understanding, whether allegorical or not. The following will give an idea of the style of Omar Khayyam. Ye who seek for pious fame, and that light should gild your name, be this duty ne'er forgot, love your neighbour, harm him not. To thee, great spirit, I appeal, who canst the gates of truth unseal. I follow none, nor ask the way of men, who go, like me, astray. They perish, but thou canst not die, but livest to all eternity. Such is vain man's uncertain state, a little makes him base or great. One hand shall hold the Koran's scroll, the other raise the sparkling bowl. One saves, and one condemns the soul. The temple I frequent is high, a Turkish vaulted dome, the sky that spans the worlds with majesty. Not quite a Moslem in my creed, 
not quite a giaour my faith indeed may startle some who hear me say i give my pilgrim staff away and sell my turban for an hour of music in a fair one's bower i'd sell the rosary for wine though holy names around it twine and prayers the pious make so long are turned by me to tender song or if a prayer i should repeat it is at my beloved's feet they blame me that my words are clear i am at least what i appear nor do my acts my words belie at least i shun hypocrisy it happened that but yesterday i marked a potter beating clay the earth spoke out why dost thou strike both thou and i are born alike though some may sink and some may soar we all are earth and nothing more his verses in praise of beauty and wine are much admired guzzle nature made me love the rose and my hand was formed alone thus the wine-cup to enclose blame then ye the goblet's foes nature's fault and not my own when a hoary form appears who a vase of ruby bears call me giaour if then i prize all the joys of paradise in praise of wine morn's first rays are glimmering from the skies the stars are creeping rouse for shame the goblet bring all too long thou liest sleeping open those narcissus eyes wake be happy and be wise why ungrateful man repine when the cup is bright with wine all my life i've sought in vain knowledge and content to gain all that nature could unfold have i in her page unrolled all of glorious and of grand i have sought to understand twas in youth my early thought riper years no wisdom brought life is ebbing sure though slow and i feel i nothing know bring the bowl at least in this dwells no shadowed distant bliss see i clasp the cup whose power yields more wisdom in an hour than whole years of study give vainly seeking how to live wine disperses into air selfish thoughts and selfish care dost thou know why wine i prize he who drinks all ill defies and can a while throw off the thrall of self the god we worship all the vanity of regret nothing in this world of ours flows as we would have it flow what avail then careful hours thought and trouble tears and woe through the shrouded veil of earth life's rich colours gleaming bright though in truth of little worth yet allure with meteor light life is torture or suspense thought is sorrow drive it hence with no will of mine i came with no will depart the same the praises of wine knowst thou whence the hues are drawn which the tulip's leaves adorn tis that blood has soaked the earth where her beauties had their birth knowst thou why the violet's eyes gleam with dewy purple dyes tis that tears for love untrue bathe the banks where first she grew if no roses bloom for me thorns my only flowers must be 
if no sun shine on my way torches must provide my day let me drink as drink the wise pardon for our weakness lies in the cup for heaven well knew when i first to being sprung i should love the rosy dew and its praise would oft be sung twere impiety to say we would cast the cup away and be votaries no more since twas all ordained before the latter part of this poem seems written in ridicule of the belief in predestination carried to so absurd a length by mohammedans Rilland cites these lines on the subject that which is written must arrive tis vain to murmur or to strive give up all thought to god for he has fixed thy doom by his decree all good all ill depends on fate the slaves of god must bear and wait not only as respects man does this superstition apply but it extends to everything in nature sadi relates in his gulistan of a fisherman who had caught a fish which his strength did not allow him to drag to shore fearing to be drawn into the river himself he abandoned his line and the fish swam away with the bait in his mouth his companions mocked him and he replied what could i do this animal escaped because his last hour fixed by fate was not yet come fate governs all and a fisherman cannot overcome it more than another nor can he catch fish if fate is against him even in the tigris the fish itself even though dry would not die if it was the will of fate to preserve its life the poet adds o man why shouldst thou fear if thy hour is not come in vain would thy enemy rush against thee with his lance in rest his arms and his feet would be tied by fate and the arrow would be turned away though in the hands of the most expert archer a father thus speaks to his son honours and riches are not the fruits of our efforts therefore give thyself no useless trouble they cannot be obtained by force and all efforts to obtain are of no more service than collyrium on the eyes of the blind thou mayst be a prodigy of talent but all thy genius is of no avail if fate is against thee reproach me not and vainly say why idly thus from day to day let every good pass by thy door nor swell by industry thy store i answer labour toil and pain prudence wit foresight all is vain travels are useless some succeed but others but to failure lead fate rules the miser counts his heaps and fortune crowns him while he sleeps the wisdom of the supreme all we see above around is but built on fairy ground all we trust is empty shade to deceive our reason made tell me not of paradise or the beams of huri's eyes who the truth of tales can tell cunning priests invent so well he who leaves this mortal shore quits it to return no more in vast life's unbounded tide they alone content may gain who can good from ill divide or in ignorance abide all between is restless pain before thy prescience power divine what is this idle sense of mine what all the learning of the schools 
What sages, priests, and pedants? Fools, the world is thine. From thee it rose, by thee it ebbs, by thee it flows. Hence, worldly law, by whom is wisdom shown? The eternal knows, knows all, and he alone. End of section.